Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. This is episode number three in our six-part series of The Bridge. So if this is your first episode listening in the series, The Bridge are the six meta skills of what it takes to build and sustain your school of excellence. And The Bridge is an acronym for the six meta skills, which are boundaries, relational intelligence, individual advocacy, discernment, generosity, and emotional regulation. And a meta skill is a skill that you learn that feeds into all other skills. So if this is your first episode, go back and listen to my introduction to the bridge to these meta skills and this concept of why as school leaders, we need to be training and coaching for these meta skills versus constantly teaching the tactical to-dos of what our staff need to do to sustain the growth, the scalability, and the sustainability of our centers. So what is individual advocacy? Pretty much exactly as it sounds, where it's the individual having the ability to advocate for themselves. Advocacy is a meta skill in schools of excellence because as leaders, you cannot possibly anticipate every single person's needs in the center. Nor is that a good thing, right? Because what it actually does when you're trying to anticipate every single person's needs is it robs people of their own ability to practice their own self-awareness and their own development, right? So when we're constantly anticipating people's needs, we don't allow the person to actually struggle or have any kind of discomfort and recognize one second, oh, I actually need this because this is not good for me. And so I need to go get this. When you have a team of people that sorely lack in self-awareness and their ability to own their own development, you cannot scale sustainably. You cannot grow the center sustainably uh, because you're the only brain of the center. 
you're the only person that has the self-awareness of what the team needs, as opposed to individual advocacy when every single person develops the self-awareness of being cognizant of what it is that they need to succeed in their center. The other challenge of not helping your team practice this level of individual advocacy is it actually leads to burnout with the leader. And what do I mean by that? Well, when you're constantly trying to give and you're giving from the place of anticipating everyone's needs, a little bit from a place of people pleasing, but if it's not from a place of people pleasing, it's a place of fear where you have the scarcity mindset of if I don't give them this, they'll leave. And in a world where we are short staffed and we are struggling to find staff, we are anticipating every single need in an attempt to make people happy. The challenge when you are giving in an attempt so that that person is happy, so that they stay and they don't leave you, it's actually not giving, it's actually taking. Why is this taking? Well, I give you this, this lunch or this bonus or this thing or this thing or whatever it is, and now you give me your loyalty. That's emotional horse trading, right? And horse trading is exhausting. It's exhausting. Now, business relationships are not completely altruistic, right? Parenting is an altruistic relationship. You give to the child and you don't expect anything in return. That is pretty much a lot of the definition of parenting, right? It's the transmission of values and giving the child what they need. You're not asking for anything in return. You're the parent, you're the adult. So business is not this altruistic relationship, right? It's business. But there is a component of giving from a place of generosity versus obligation. And we're going to have an episode on generosity because that actually is one of the meta skills. But today we're talking about advocacy. And when you give with this mindset of constantly looking back and saying, okay, am I getting back what I need? It's exhausting because you're carrying around hundreds of invisible invoices. This person owes me this, this person owes me this, this person owes me that. And so essentially you're still taking, right? Because you're giving so that I can have the reassurance that you won't leave. I'm giving you this so I can have the reassurance that you won't reject our school and go somewhere else. And When you create advocacy with your team and you teach your team how to ask for what they need, right? You teach your team how to communicate with you. This is what I need. This is what's hard for me. This is the challenge. You create sustainable leadership. Now, I'm going to share with you a story that happened with one of our clients in our Owner's HQ program. So in our Owner's HQ program, we were working with a particular owner who was struggling with one of her directors. And this is a director who was a superstar, came on time, over-delivered, stayed late, came early. The owner was like already starting to look at this person as eventually, you know, becoming regional manager, executive director, and, and managing some more of their locations. They have five locations. And one morning, this director comes in and gives her notice. She says, I'm leaving. These are my last two weeks. And the owner was shocked and she said, I don't understand. And she's like, this is too much for me. I, you know, I'm out. And the owner pinged me and she's like, SOS, can I, you know, talk to you because I don't know what to do. And I jumped on a call with her and I said, all right, let's, let's unpack this. What's going on? Why did she give in her notice? 
super amazing employee, superstar. You loved her. She loves you. Where is this coming from, right? It seemingly feels like it's coming out of the blue. So I said, I asked her a question. I said, tell me a little bit of context about this person. What are her behaviors? What's a little bit of her personality? Tell me a little bit about her backstory. Where did you find her? How many years is she working in this center? And I asked her a couple questions. And she said, well, she's really ambitious and she works really, really hard and she gives everything of herself. And she's been in our company for about five years. And I said, I'm going to give you an assumption of what I think is happening here. When people give of themselves, right? They give and they give and they give like this employee. When they give in an unsustainable way, it works until it doesn't. So she's coming early. She's leaving late. She's giving of herself. She's doing all the things. She's coming in on the weekend, but it's not sustainable, right? Because nobody can work like that long-term. So she gave and gave until she couldn't anymore. But because she lacks the communication and individual advocacy skills, she's doing what she does when she's in a state of crisis, which is flight, right? There's fight, flight, or freeze. And so she's fleeing. She is feels like she's trapped in a situation where she can't get out of. She's overworking herself. She doesn't know how to communicate. I want to work less hours. Even though you've told her dozens and dozens of times, don't come in early. Don't come in on the weekend. Don't do this. It doesn't matter what you're telling her. She has her own nervous system. She has her own regulation. She has her own sense of worthiness where she feels she gets significance and worthiness from working. And you telling her not to work isn't going to help. And now she's like, I'm done. I'm out. And the owner said, I don't know. This feels like a hypothesis. And I said, well, it is a hypothesis. Why don't you go and test the hypothesis out and have a conversation with her and get back to me? Let me know how it goes. So she went to have a conversation with this director and the hypothesis proved to be true. The director told her, I feel like I've become addicted to work. I only think about work. The first thing I wake up in the morning is I think about going to work. I think about producing. I think about achieving and succeeding. And I am exhausted and I cannot continue to run and operate like this. So I need to leave. And luckily I had already prepared the owner for how to have this conversation with the director if the assumption laid out to be true. And she coached the director through this conversation. And When they finished the conversation, the owner walked her through some of the strategies that they were going to be working through to help her develop a work-life integration, to help her understand how to slowly start letting go of this all or nothing, right? This addiction to work. Either she's always working or she's not working at all and creating some semblance of balance of integrating what she wants to have in her life, other ambitions that she has, right? Besides for work, work is not the only place to be ambitious in life. And this person stank. Why am I telling you all of this, right? Why am I telling you this story? Because advocacy, the ability for your team to understand how to communicate and advocate for themselves and say, I'm burning myself out. Can you help me figure out how to integrate my life better? As opposed to what this director did, which was, I'm out. Here's my two-week notice. I can't do this anymore. 
what you have to remember as an owner is it doesn't matter what you tell your people. It doesn't matter if you tell them, don't work like this. Don't come early. Don't do this. It doesn't matter. If a person finds significance and meaning and worthiness from doing those actions, you telling them to stop is not going to get them to stop. right? It's, it's, it's the equivalent of the wife telling the husband, don't drink, sweetheart, don't smoke, don't do all kinds of shit. It, it doesn't help. The person has to be ready to make the changes, right? The person has to be ready to make those changes in their life. And you could tell your staff till you're blue in the face, you know, I care about you. I want you to, do, it, it doesn't matter. The person has to be the advocate for themselves. The person has to have the awareness that they are ready to make these changes in their life. And that's why helping your team practice this meta skill is massively transformational to the way you operate your center. Because another component to remember is as a leader, you prepare trainings and manuals and SOPs and handbooks, and then life happens. Something gets missed in the handbook, not because you didn't anticipate it or because you didn't think about it, but because hey, you're human, you can't remember every single freaking thing that goes inside of a handbook. And then now what? You've trained your staff members to follow a process, to follow a system, and they don't know how to advocate for themselves and say, you know, I actually think something's missing from this process. I actually think that, yeah, this system works for everyone, but I actually need something else to make this work for me. Because a big part of advocacy is recognizing that The handbook isn't the only source of information. The SOP isn't the only source of information. You could go to the school leader. You could go to other members of the team, leveraging the team as a source of support through your journey. And as a leader, introducing your admin team to each other and helping them build relationships because there's an abundance of resources available to them just from the team. So what does it look like when someone practices individual advocacy? They're speaking up for themselves. They're learning how to get information. They're finding out who will support them. They're understanding their rights and responsibilities. They're practicing their ability to problem solve. They're reaching out to others when they need to get help. They're learning about self-determination and self-awareness. All of these things become anchor points in their journey to becoming more of an advocate for themselves. It's very interesting. I was talking with my son, who at the time of this recording just recently went to overnight camp for eight weeks. And my son was asking us about one of his friends who wasn't accepted to this camp. And my husband was talking to him about, you know, this child, unfortunately, doesn't really have advocate in his life to advocate for him to get into this camp or be able to get into that school that he wants to go to. He lacks advocates in his life. And it's difficult when, you know, a young kid's trying to advocate for themselves. And my son, Mendel, he's 12. He asked us to explain to me, you know, what is an advocate? What does it mean uh, to be an advocate for someone? And so we were having this conversation. And one of the things that came out of the conversation is my son recognized, he's like, when you're young and you're still learning communication skills and you're learning about the world around you, You need parents, mentors, teachers to help be your advocates, to help give you opportunity and move you forward in your life. And then when you become a grown-up, you become an advocate for yourself. And then eventually, as you possibly have children or start to raise a family or you become a leader, you become an advocate for other people. But you always need to remember, right? And I told this to my son. I said, we will always be your advocates, 
always, as long as you live, we will always be your advocates. But you always need to remember that you are always going to be your greatest advocate. You communicating with us what you need, you telling us what's good for you, what's hard for you, what's this, what's that. You communicating that allows people in your life to support you in the advocacy of what you want to do in your life. But you will always be your greatest advocate. And I want to leave you with that. You will always be your greatest advocate. And so if you believe that at its core, then supporting your team and helping them be their greatest advocate helps build your school of excellence, helps build the legacy that you want to leave in your center, in your community, with the children, with the families, with everyone. So if this episode connected with you, if it resonated with you, and you're looking for tools on how to train your staff on individual advocacy, you're looking for tools for yourself, how you can learn how to become more of an advocate for yourself. And then I really encourage you to check out our directors in our circle, our owner's HQ program. The links are in the show notes. Uh, we're taking applications now again. And this is again, a curated, highly curated community of directors, of owners, and we're helping leaders understand the journey fall in love with the journey and become the leaders that they want to be to build and sustain their schools of excellence. Thanks so much for joining today's episode. Next week, we'll be diving into discernment, the fourth meta skill in the bridge concept. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.